Welcome to the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast, a southern harmony of bold, liberating rock, soaked through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jeremy Hunsaker. Welcome to the fifth episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. We're glad, we're glad to be back and have you joining us again. Thankful for all the listeners and everybody who's participating on the Facebook page. And when I say we, it's also my co-host here, Jeremy Hunsaker. How you doing, man? I am just absolutely uh, overwhelmed with uh, positivity and goodness and everything that life has to offer right now, you know, including, including the All Things Blues and Rocks, Southern Rock podcast. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a crazy evening over here in Fargo, North Dakota. Crazy happenings at the dog park. We won't go Ooh. into that, though. <laughs> yeah, you bet. So, what's going on with you? Um, getting ready for school. It's been quite hectic, um, in a good way, you know. Um, went camping last weekend and didn't get back home until Monday, so I've kind of been a little bit behind the ball on all that and i'm looking forward to uh a bit of respite in the weekend uh before i have to go full force into uh back into you know real life next week starting on monday so <laughs> well man i feel good for you i hope that all goes good As it... <laughs> so what's uh on your mind with vinyl ventures this evening um, well, I've got this Tom Petty box set that I've cracked open, um, and everything's mastered again by Chris Bellman. Uh, sounds amazing. Uh, developed more of an appreciation for Tom Petty, you know, the older that I've got. Not that I didn't like him when I was a kid. I loved him, um, you know, but it was more hits-oriented, you know, if you will. And now I'm able to kind of delve into the back catalog and, and the albums themselves and uh, Southern accents especially uh, grabbed me, as well as um, shit. What was the uh, Long After Dark? If you got lucky, you Correct. know. Yeah, so you know, good good stuff there. Um, and him being from Florida, I, I think he kind of gets overlooked in the uh, pantheon of Southern music uh, as far as being Southern. But it's very very Southern centric. His lyrics especially you know imbue some of that so uh you know been been doing uh definitely some tom petty um let's see what's on there right now uh oh elvin bishop raising hell uh great live album um you know blackberry smoke name checks him in uh son of the bourbon uh, told mama that he loved her while elvin bishop played <laughs> yeah, right you know on. Uh, it's a great album, man. Uh, Elvin Bishop can play. Uh, it's really good stuff. Uh, so I spun that. Um, let's see here. I spun uh, Van Halen, Women and Children's First, uh, the German, West German pressing. And I also have uh, a West German pressing of Humble Pie, Eat It, that I picked up for $5. Um, and to me, that was a steal. Um for for what it is and the condition it was in uh also paper wheels 
uh, solo album from Trey Anastasio. So I've kind of been all, a little bit all over the place. Um, not so much blues this past week, a little bit more uh, rock and, and southern music. But, you know, hey, we, it comes and goes in waves, right? Right, right on. Who exactly is Chris Bellman? Uh, Chris Bellman works at Bernie Grunman Mastering. Uh, he's he's one of the best engineers in the business right now. He uh, ma- he does mastering for CDs and for vinyl. Um, and anything that he does is just... I haven't come across anything that he's cut that doesn't just sound amazing. Um, he cuts records. Okay, he masters the CDs. Uh, I've got a CD of Fleetwood Max then play on that he that he did that's just fantastic. Uh, and also the vinyl version that he cut as well. Um, and, and Bernie Grunman's a, a master as, as well. Chris Bellman works under Bernie Grunman there, and he used to work at a place called Alan Zentz Mastering. Uh, one of the first things he did, I think, was the last waltz by the band when he was at Alan Zentz. So, um, like, any time I pick up a record and it has his initials CB in the dead wax, I kind of get a little giddy inside. The music dork in me just loves it. So, you know. I kind of geek out on that stuff. So, well, my contribution to the Vinyl Ventures is not going to be a record, but what what the records are played on, and you and I have talked about this. So, you know, uh, tell us. You know, you've uh, given me feedback of what I should try and go out there and get. What? Uh, would you talk about that a little bit? I mean, well, it depends on your budget. You know, you, you can go down the rabbit hole really quick. Like if I had five grand to throw at a turntable right now, I'd probably go get like a VPI Scoutmaster or something by Clear Audio, you know, something like that. Um, as it stands right now, I have a Music Hall 2.2, which is a decent table right out of the box for like 500 bucks. Um, I put a $300 cartridge on it, an Ortofone OM30, and um, I upgraded the platter. Uh, it's got a nice acrylic platter on it. Um, and then I got a speed box, which like, um, quartz locks the, uh, the timing of the, the, the actual revolutions in. And, um, so I've upgraded it in pieces as I've went along. Um, so it's now it's a really, really nice, what would be termed a mid-level turntable, but it's really good for, for how much money I put in it. You know, it's, uh, it's pretty rocking. And I also have a revolver that is completely stock, except for the uh, Ortofone 2M Blue that I put on it, which is a really decent cartridge as well, about 250 bucks or whatever. Um, so, you know, I mean, you, you can spend so much money, but you know, for, for 300, 400 bucks right out of the box, you can get some good stuff. Music Hall, um, the, uh, was it the U-Turn audio that I showed you? Heard great things about U-Turn, and you can also upgrade those as you go as well and kind of, uh, you know, increase the, uh, you know, it's almost like um, when you get it, you're going to play it, and it's going to sound great to you, and you're going to love it. And then you're going to be like, well, if I get a better stylus and cartridge, how much better is this going to be? And then you get that, and you hear it, and you go, wow, this is amazing, you know, and so it just... It kind of goes in steps like that, you know, and um, I I love vinyl. I love the sound. And the big part about it to me, getting back to the mastering, is the way that that music is mastered. You know, it's mastered with like a more, it's like almost more sympathetic to the music than digital is. Because digital, 
they can pump up the bass, they, you know, EQ it so harshly, boost the levels, hard limit it, compress it to where it just hits so hard. But that's not really, especially music like this, like blues, southern music, rock and roll. It doesn't need that, you know, like EDM needs that. Rap music needs that. Heavy metal can benefit from that. Pop, pop music can benefit from that. But like classic rock, southern music, uh, jam band, it doesn't. In fact, you lose a lot of the dynamic that makes that type of music. So, um, I don't know, just it's such a big part of the music, the dynamics are. And if you lose that, you're losing a part of what makes it so special. So vinyl keeps that for the most part well i've as always really really appreciate your feedback on that and someday hopefully soon a turntable will be purchased for now let's walk around the corner to the bootleg corner what do you got for us oh man been all over the place this week um lots of lots of music um government mule at spac from 2000 opening for steve miller a great version of radiohead creep um Great, great version of Mule on that one. Um, of course, you know, we just got the news about Todd Nance from Widespread Panic. Um, so playing the show from 2008, Mark Ford guesting um, in, in memory of Todd. Uh, not completely unexpected, but that doesn't make it suck any less, you know. Um, and in, in the completely unexpected uh, aspect, Carl Dufresne, uh, Anders Osborne and North Mississippi All-Stars playing a few of those shows uh, in memory of him as well. Um, a friend who uh, turned me on to uh, to uh, Trey Anastasio's dissertation when he was in college that he recorded on a sport track, uh, Game Hinge, and so that led me into some live fish shows of that from 1993, one from March 8th, one from March 22nd, 1993, so those have been getting some play. Um, let's see. And that's kind of, you know, kind of re-examining that has led me back to some of the stuff that I listened to uh, from from those times when I was like a bigger into fish. And uh, Jane's Addiction uh, from Washington, D.C. in 1991, Lollapalooza, August 16th, 1991. Great, great show. Um, and also the, uh, the Triple X album, Live at the Roxy. It has uh, I Would For You and a cover of Velvet Underground, Rock and Roll, Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. It's great, great stuff. Um, Jane's Addiction, just completely underrated, in my opinion. And I've uh, been kind of re-examining that, coming to the, the dichotomy of the light and the darkness, um, the juxtaposition of the light and the dark is probably a better word for that. Um some drive-by truckers shows um somebody just put one up on dime a dozen uh from max wells in uh 2003 from right after jason isabel joining the band and uh, it's got earl hicks on bass got one from uh 2004 that i've been playing uh just you know kind of again re-examining some stuff that i haven't listened to in a while new shows of, you know, newly, newly, um, I guess, transferred and released shows of older shows that have been put up on Dime. Um, we've been talking about Blackberry Smoke. Got a few shows that I recorded of theirs up on Archive that I've checked out again that I haven't listened to in a long time. Um, 2014 
Lawrence, Kansas, and uh, Roots and Blues and Barbecue here in Columbia, Missouri, 2014, um, as well as Kansas City, 2012, uh, just at Knuckleheads. Great, great stuff from Blackberry Smoke uh, from the Whippoorwill era, if you will. Um, so, again, kind of all over the place. Uh, anybody can check these shows out on Archive, Dime a Dozen, eTree.org, and Traders Den. Uh, do yourself a favor get into the bootlegs because that's where it's at live music is better bumper stickers should be issued you know you mentioned Lollapalooza I got a good friend of mine who I, I was so surprised that he got uh, Pearl Jam from Harriet Island in St. Paul 92 we were at that show and I'm like I gotta get that from you <laughs> that's, that's awesome get a copy of that hook me up I will I, I need to check that out too <laughs> I will I will well, we had a couple of awesome guests this week, if I can say that, and that's understated. Chris Kelly from Tennessee Champagne. Tanner Jones from the Comancheros. My dog. From your uh, part of the world. Yeah, that's my boy, man. Tanner's the shit. Dude. The Comancheros <laughs> are the shit. Tanner's always fun, dude. He's he was great. funny as hell. I enjoyed that immensely. And, and, then we find out, like, those guys will hopefully, if everything works out, we'll be playing shows together this fall in Kansas City. Is that correct? correct. This October? Correct. Yeah. correct. Yeah. 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 Open, open maybe also to have uh, Ben Lewis driving Will Comancheros at Rose Music Hall at the end of October if all things work out. So That, that will be awesome. That will be awesome. Fingers so we talked... Crossed. We talked to Chris Kelly first from Tennessee Champagne, and you know they're a newer band. And I like listening to a track and listening to another one, and it's going you're like, my God, these guys are you know, like I almost have them up on my you know, <laughs> up there with Blackberry Smoke, you know, similar sound and everything. And is uh, album, yeah, it is is great to talk to him. So we're gonna let everybody enjoy our conversation with Mr. Chris Kelly. From Tennessee Champagne. Oh, yeah. Welcome back again to the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. Uh, our first guest this week is from the band Tennessee Champagne out of Elizabethan, Tennessee. His name is Chris Kelly, lead singer, bass player. How are you doing today, Chris? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm fantastic, man. It's about time I got to chat with another bass player, too. <laughs> All the drummers and guitar players acting like they run the show. <laughs> Yeah, Jeremy's a bass player in a band called Driving Wheel out of uh, Columbia, Missouri. All right, cool, cool. So, just tell you a little bit about our podcast is like new, and uh, one of our goals is to really kind of celebrate that music there from from the South. It seems like all great music germinates from there and has grown from there. So, it's great to have you on to 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 talk about that. So, so what have you guys been doing to stay busy during this whole pandemic thing? Well, we've uh... 
you know, really been focusing on the promotion of our new record. Uh, you know, we pushed it back as far as we could. You know, it was originally supposed to come out in, like, March. Um, but we pushed it back until August 1st. So we've really just been kind of pushing online and doing all we can to promote it there. And, uh, you know, we've been playing some shows. Uh, hadn't been doing any lengthy runs or anything like that yet. Um, but, you know, doing some, some day trip shows and stuff like that. Very cool, very cool. You know, you guys uh, have one EP out, and is the the other record is out as well, too. Right, yeah, we did an EP back in March of 2019, um, and it has five songs that are all actually on the new record that we re-recorded. Um, so the new record came out on August 1st. Um, it's got 10 tracks on it. Well, we've been just listening to Wicked here, and that's a very very awesome song thanks man yeah wicked kicks ass i mean the whole album does but you know definitely definitely was playing wicked again right before the interview just to kind of get the vibe going <laughs> cool man so chris how did you get your start in music did you did you were you in a musical family coming up well my dad uh my whole life coming up was in bands so uh you know he did kind of the the local cover band thing ever since I can remember. So, uh, you know, I, I grew up in bars and stuff, <laughs> listening to him play and stuff, which was pretty cool. Uh, and then, you know, I kind of just followed in the footsteps, really, I guess. Uh, you know, started in, in cover bands when I was about 15 and just kept playing ever since. How did the band get started? So, um, we originally... Uh, branched off from a cover band we had um, and then you know we we decided that we really wanted to go into a more serious direction and uh, you know we really started getting into like blackberry smoke and guys like that so we uh, just kind of took some all the southern influences we had and uh, and came up with you know kind of our own little brand of southern rock and roll so what yeah. As someone, I live up in North Dakota, and I have such a tremendous fascination for music from that down part of that part of the country. And it seems to me that there's like a, a you know a tradition and almost a responsibility and a love like to to carry carry that music forward. You know, at a time where you know there's not any quality, real new quality FM radio music or whatever. It just there's so many good bands popping up from down there. What's that? Can you kind of talk about what that? What's that like? What's that feel for you to, to carry that tradition forward? Well, I mean, the South, you know, since the beginning of rock and roll, you know, has been a hot spot of what's going on at the time. You know, even from the start of the blues, you know, it really originated down here. Um, and you know, the, and there's a ton of of great rock and roll bands that are, you know, like you said, are popping up every which way. Uh, down here from, you know, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida. I mean, there there's bands everywhere. Um, but, you know, in, I liked how you said, you know, to, to carry on the tradition, that's pretty cool. Like, because uh, there's just so much great music that's come here from the past. And there's still great music being made here. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, we're, we're doing what we can to get, get the word out that great music's still being made and uh, that real music's still being made. You know, Jeremy lives in Missouri, and he just got a, has a kind of a closer, you know, geographical 
you know, place and view on all that too. So he can maybe speak a little bit more about that, you know, coming from Columbia, Missouri. What can you add to that, Jeremy? I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's 100% the truth, you know, uh, uh, rock and roll and rock and roll is from the South. So, I mean, we got to get back to that Greg Allman quote again, saying Southern rock is like saying rock, rock, you know? Um, and it's, yeah, I kind of, I grew up the same way Chris did, you know, uh, a lot of bars, um, you know, Ryan's dad played in bands. So we grew up around a lot of that. And, um, you know, that, that music, it, it really is, it's, it's blood, you know, you feel it. Um, and whenever you're doing something that's really unpretentious, it, it, uh, it's pretty easy to just to have that sound, you know, um, I wish there was something I could elaborate on it more that that was more profound or anything, but it's such an organic thing and such an organic process that uh, if I thought about it more, it might ruin kind of, you know, what makes it special, you know, and what we do. I'm sure Chris probably feels the same way too. Whenever you do what you do, it, it, it just comes out that way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for us, you know, the, the, we really weren't trying to go any certain direction or, or any certain sound or any genre even i mean we you know we just kind of make music as it comes and uh it just sounds the way it does i guess <laughs> yeah, absolutely no i same same and uh you know my best friend he was actually married to uh paul jackson's cousin for a while um so i i grew up seeing those guys playing you know 50 people at knuckleheads and stuff you know uh whenever they would come through town so uh Oh, shit, I guess I lost y'all. Well, we're still here. Yep. Oh, yeah, okay. My camera went down. But anyway, yeah, I kind of grew up, you know, seeing those guys and, you know, just to ha see them have that kind of success that they've been having. Uh, it's pretty special. It gives me a lot of, you know, hope for, you know, that type of music and for what, you know, all of us do and for what uh, just real music, you know, that's uh, has its roots and isn't afraid to show them but isn't. Like you said, it tied to one specific genre, you know, whether it's bluesy and it's country and it's jam and it's rock. And, you know, you kind of just blend all that together with a little bit of gospel, you know, and, and, and roll with it. Um, yeah. That's that's just the, the way it's the way it's supposed to be where I come from. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Chris, who are some of your your classic influences and what uh, what contemporary bands that uh you know, do you appreciate that have been around, you know, around the same amount of time as you or a little bit before? So classic wise, I mean, we all really like the Allman Brothers and Leonard Skinner and Charlie Daniels band and things like that, of course. Uh, you know, we, we're also really into the heavier stuff like Sabbath and, and things along those lines. Um, and you can kind of hear that in some of our different tunes. You know, we on the record, it kind of goes from super sappy country to super heavy rock and roll, you know. Um, and then, like, uh, some newer bands. One band we really, really like is uh, like some guys we play shows with sometimes. A band called Job Mother Mary out of Burlington, North Carolina. Uh, if you guys hadn't heard of them, you definitely need to check them out. They're uh, they're uh, more clean-cut, Steely Dan kind of rock and roll, but they're, they're fantastic. Um, and then, of course, our, our, our buddies in Otis uh, from Kentucky have been around for a while. So guys like that, you know, that we're, we've become friends with have, have kind of sort of 
helped us grow and, and learn how things work and uh, kind of give us some more of a blueprint of what we need to be doing. Yeah, I've, I've got uh, Mason on the list uh, to be on the on the podcast, so I've, I've chatted with him. That's awesome. Um, uh, don't you, uh, how did you guys get your name, Chris? So Tennessee Champagne, it, we actually got the name from a Blackberry Smoke song. Um, it's in the song Shaking Hands with the Holy Ghost. Whippoorwill. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, which the Whippoorwill's my favorite record, probably of all time. We actually recorded our record at Echo Mountain Studio, where Whippoorwill was recorded. Um, oh, yeah. Um, but uh, so Tennessee Champagne is a uh, kind of a slang term for moonshine, um, and our area where we're from is like back in the day it was like the biggest producer of moonshine around. So it, it kind of runs in our blood. So uh, we kind of thought that we'd tip, tip our hat to the moonshiners in our name, too. Well, yeah. Can't beat that. I, uh, last time I was in Kentucky, I was actually down there to see Black Crow's song. We, we were drinking. Uh, we were in the back of a limo, and we put the moonshine in champagne glasses in the limo and toasted <laughs> champagne glasses. So I can relate. That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Blackberry Smoke, a lot of, you know, newer bands such as yourself, like, really mentioned those guys. And I guess from my viewpoint, are they kind of, like, looked at as, like, kind of like the flag bearers of this music? Or, the, and you know, I, I, can't, I shouldn't really call them elder statesmen, but, like, just the kind of, like, the lead blocker. Or what, I don't know how to say it. Like, are they looked at like that? Like, they're really, everybody else is kind of, like, following carrying that tradition looking up to them trying to support and keep that going and they're older than us richard turner's like 60 (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i really feel like those guys kind of restarted the movement and really you know helped helped uh pave the way for what all us other southern mans are doing you know they've worked themselves closer towards the mainstream but not in a sellout kind of way you know They've uh, they made it so popular by just working their asses off and, and touring, you know, 250 dates a year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like I said, just to see them have that kind of success that they've had and the way they've done it by, like, just agreed. They haven't sold out. They haven't changed who they were. In fact, I mean, really, they've, you know, stayed true to themselves and, and really just made the kind of records that they want to make, you know, and... uh and to be able to play the big shows that they're playing and and have that kind of sustained success, not like a flash type thing, but constantly building their audience through playing shows and putting out record after record, uh, that uh, gives me hope, you know, for for the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like the thing that they, the Blackberry Smoke, did that everybody else is doing too is they're, you know, you guys are all fans, bands you know, really building everything brick by brick with, with your fan base. Yeah. That, I mean, that's so important for us. I mean, you know, I, it's crazy as it sounds, you know, I do my best to, to reach out and, and talk to people and anybody who's on our stuff commenting or, uh, you know, message us. I do everything I can to, to keep in contact with them and message them and keep them updated. And, you know, I, I try to treat everybody as a friend, you know what I mean? Cause I, I that that would mean a lot to me if somebody was making music I enjoyed 
and you know they were being friendly and wanting to have conversations and things like that so i think that's really important to uh you know just remember who you are and and why you're doing what you're doing you know besides you mentioned jive mother mary or and you know any of the other bands or artists that are kind of in the genre of music you know that you know that i think of you know it's like whiskey myers or marcus king tyler bryant and the shakedown magnolia bayou uh and the georgia thunderbolts like uh any of those guys that you know or have camaraderie with or 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 you know see their shows or have seen their shows or anything that you can mention about any of those guys you know yeah, you guys... i actually talked to tj from georgia thunderbolts today um we were on an, another podcast together a couple couple days back from pittsburgh um, yeah, man, TJ talked to for a few this morning. We're talking about doing a show or two together this year. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, uh, all those bands, like Magnolia Bayou, it's all just a big community. Like, we're all kind of buds in a roundabout way. You know, I'm not saying we're, like, close friends or anything, but we all support each other. And, you know, I think it's really awesome that we're all kind of a big team. And it's not more of a competition. It's just uh, trying to because the the better one of us does the better all of us will do prior to covid like where where have your tours taken you like who have you played with who have you opened with with so our most recent stuff like so to put a perspective on it i mean you know before covid we were really just starting to gain traction like we were mainly local stuff up until you know right before covid hit and we were starting to open and for like Bishop Gunn and guys like that. And then COVID comes in and just kind of throws the train off the track. So, you know, we, we've done some runs into like Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, mainly East Coast stuff. Um, but, you know, as things are, are lightening up, you know, we've got some, some dates and stuff booked out West now that'll be in October. And uh, so hopefully, hopefully things, the restrictions will start easing up here soon so we can do a little bit more traveling. So, uh, Chris, how does your songwriting process kind of start? I mean, are you, are you guys like always working on music or does that happen at different times or anything, anything new songs that are popping up or are you guys just, just focusing on getting back to doing what you're doing after COVID? Yeah. So we um, like, before even this record came out, we we're already working on the next record. Um, you know, we uh, we have three or four songs that are written that are really solid that are going towards the record. Uh, yeah. Songwriting process um, usually for this record, we uh, I wrote most of like the lyrics like before we, I even brought it to the guys to work on. Um, like I had an idea, like a verse and a chorus or just a chorus, and I'd bring it to Jonathan, our uh, guitar player, and he'd kind of come up with a riff, and then we'd all get together and kind of jam it and get it perfect. Awesome. Jeremy, you got anything else for our guests this week? Hey, man. Uh, come out this way to Missouri, play some shows with us. We're uh, looking forward to getting back out to it, too, man. Um it's been it's been a weird year, but uh, I'm glad you guys uh, went ahead and put the album out. It's digging the hell out of it. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, we'll be in uh, we'll be in Kansas City, Missouri, as long as nothing changes. 
late October, so keep an eye out for that. Doing uh, knuckleheads? Um, I'm not sure what club it is. We're playing with the uh, the Comancheros. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. We'll be interviewing Tanner uh, later today, as a matter of fact. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, we're, do- we're yeah. doing a, like a five- or six-day run with them in October, as long as things line up right. Awesome, man. Those are some good buddies of mine. They're from Columbia. Yeah, cool. Well, Chris, I really, really appreciate you being on. And, you know, I absolutely love your music, love your band. If there's anything we can do to to help help uh, promote you guys. You know, I, I did. I heard yeah, the podcast that you were on, the the uh, Red, and, Red and George from The Porch. I think yeah. I believe they're up in Kentucky. I'm going to post that on our on our page and... You know, anything else I can do, anything else, man. I just really, really appreciate your music, and I appreciate you being on, man. We appreciate you for having us, and uh, and thank you for what you're doing to help move the scene forward. All right. Thank yeah. you, Chris. I uh, hope to talk to you again s- soon sometime. Thanks. Y'all have a good one. Yeah. Same, brother. Bye. <laughs>
Well, how about that? What can you say that, uh, I'm so glad we got to talk to Chris. I <laughs> enjoyed that immensely and, and all the good things he had to say about the other artists out there in, in, in that genre. And I, you know, I'm waiting for their record to come in the mail and I just, I'm chomping at the bit for that. I got to see those guys when shows are coming around again. Heck yes. No, he's, uh, definitely, uh, they're the real deal. And, uh, Anybody into this, uh, you know, into the Southern music, into rock and roll, into uh, blues, country, jam, whatever you're into, check those guys out. That's where it's at. So next, we uh, also had a chance to talk to your buddy, your good friend from Columbia, Missouri, Mr. Tanner Jones for the Comancheros. Oh, yeah. We might just uh, hear a little bit about what kind of wake-up calls you get when your van's a hotel room. Well, you know... (laughs) I tell you, the road, the road is 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 its own kind of thing, man. And when you're out playing shows, sometimes sleep's really hard to come by, and uh, you know sometimes you just got to pull off and get sleep wherever you can. And uh, sometimes people don't appreciate uh, that you needed sleep right then and right there. That's you know, but we'll let Tanner elaborate on that. All right, everybody, you get to enjoy our conversation with Tanner Jones from the Comancheros. For our uh, second guest on this week's episode of the All Things uh, Blues and Southern Rock podcast, we have Tanner Jones from the Comancheros from Columbia, Missouri. And having said that, I'm really going to like turn this thing over to my friend and my co-host, Mr. Hunsaker. And uh, I'm going to kick back and enjoy hearing about the Columbia, Missouri uh, music scene. So why don't you fellas take it away? What's up, dude? What's happening, man? I much miss you, man. I know, likewise. Everything's been <laughs> fucky. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we're getting it together. Yeah, that's true. You gone to any uh, any of those uh, Rose shows? They yeah. Outside? Yeah, we went to One Way Traffic a couple weeks ago. That was cool. I think we're going to do the Mighty Pines. Uh, probably going to yeah. hit your show up, too, man. You know? Yeah, we did. Uh, we did one in July. Ours was like one of the first ones back. So, oh, that's you know. cool. Yeah, I've only been to the Many Color Death one. That one was really good. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that was like a Thursday night, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something weird. Yeah, but you know, it's it, and the whole thing's weird with them only letting 150 people in and stuff. So it's like you know, you got all these little pockets of people. Yeah, yeah. It. Uh... I don't know. I guess, you know, it's one of those, like, man, just got to do what you got to do type thing. You know, 150 yeah. people at one time is more than I've seen in, like, six months at one time. So Hey, man, it's better than not playing shows at all. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Super so, uh, easy to get now, though. That's pretty cool. What's that? 
that it's super easy to get a beer now that they got that single file line. You don't have to yep. punch somebody in the shoulder or get to the bar. Right. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> it's accurate, man. It's good stuff. Yeah. Speaking of beers, tell us about Oklahoma. Let's yeah, I see. heard you got a little wake up call. Oh yeah. 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 We did. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, we played two shows out in Oklahoma. We played at the Mercury lounge on Friday night, which is in Tulsa. And then we played in Tonkawa on Saturday, which is a pretty small town. But it was a, it was a, I mean, we basically drove through a cornfield and there was, it looked like a pole barn. And it was like you inside, there was this awesome bar this guy built inside. And, uh, I mean, uh, we got fucking drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was pretty bad. It was actually, it was, uh, I'm usually pretty good about never losing my shit when I'm drunk, but I really lost my shit that night. I, uh, I'd, uh, I was like, uh, I was a pro wrestler for some reason that night and <laughs> I'd, uh, I got to, I got to, I, I, I went to sleep before everybody else in the van and I woke up and I was like, uh, a couple of the dudes were just kind of like, you know, like playing around out in the yard, like kind of wrestling type shit. And I just exploded out of the van and I like came out and I was like, fuck you guys. And I, you know, <laughs> trying to use all my, my fucking uh stone cold steve stunners and shit on them and uh i fell asleep i fell asleep again they put me back in the van and then i woke up at the gas station and poor bradley had gotten these fucking two hot dogs and they were covered in mustard and shit and i uh i woke up again and just grabbed bradley and just started throwing him around in there and i fucking got mustard everywhere and there's just a big fucking mess but (laughs) so so at some point in the night, I got stung in the eye by a bee too. So I thought I thought somebody had hit me, which I probably needed to settle down. But uh, I woke up so that yeah. So the cop the cop shows up at the window, which is the first thing I remember. And John's up front, and I don't really think John. It had been a long time since anybody had drank, but we drank a lot, you know. So everybody's really. It was like eight in the morning, probably before they. They, because we stopped at this gas station, and uh, the cop came up and he's like, "Yeah, we had a report that one of you guys was laying out, passed out on the on the in the parking lot with your pants off." And it was uh, one of one of our dudes, but he, I don't, he claims claims he had his pants on, but you know, so that's what the <laughs> gas station attendant said, and uh, we. Uh, so I, I came up out of the seat and my eye was swollen shut and he's like, Oh, is like, are you okay? It's like, no, I'm not okay, but you know, I'm okay. But, and the, it, I think Michael was still in his. So, uh, Michael does this thing now where during this one song, Michael strips down to his underwear and he goes around and brings a tip jar around. And <laughs> so he was still in that outfit. So it was, it was, it was a mess, man. It was, yeah. <laughs> They they pulled poor John out of the thing and made him do the field. The cop was actually a super nice guy, and he they had John do the the field sobriety test. But when he wakes up, he's just he's not even a human yet. And he like Pertner fell over and he counted to twenty wrong, and I mean he failed the damn thing. <laughs> and he uh, but he was like, well, I know you guys are fine. You're all just like hungover, so just be safe and get the fuck out of town. <laughs> Get out it's of the town. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Oklahoma loves to come in charros, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it was a good ride up. Yeah, that's good shit. Love it. Oh man, definitely. So you guys are playing. Uh, you guys are playing with uh, Tennessee Champagne coming up. I hear. Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be sweet. Where are y'all gonna be playing with them at? I'm not really sure, honest. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have my little calendar thing here. Oh, you good? But, no, man. Uh, one of the dates is Kansas City. So you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably. I'm not sure. I know. I know. We just booked some. We play this place like right outside of Kansas City called Captains. It might be there. That place is cool. But I don't know. I uh, I'm always really bad about like I know when we play and who with. But I don't ever have any idea where it's at. Uh, man, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I talked to Chris earlier today. Oh, nice. With him, yeah. He told us you guys are playing together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's gonna be cool. I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. Oh yeah, it's good shit. Uh, I'm doing a, a live album this Saturday. Actually, we're gonna record. Where at? Uh, out in uh, Indianapolis at a bar called uh, Duke's Indy. We planned to do this thing before, you know, obviously the crowds weren't there, but the uh, the guy who's coming to record it lives like that's kind of a halfway point. And we just we really, really like the place. And up in here recently, he can't have a crowd, but we were like, well, let's just go and I don't know, just go do it. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, fuck it. It'll be fun. Be good to get out of town and go hang out with those people and do a live record. So we're going to. We got about like I think eighteen songs or something. We're just gonna blast through, and we're gonna do a. We're doing a. We're recording. We're gonna like do it live in that room, and then we're gonna do a Facebook live of the same show that night at the bar. Very. But that is that the same show, or you're doing two different ones? Uh, so it'll be. It's like we're gonna run the same set with all the same stuff, but we're just gonna. We're gonna record it, you know, with in ears and everything, and. Just get a good like. Make sure you got all the good tones and everything, and have everything yeah. like dry in a little bit more controlled environment, and then run through the same set with your actual show for Facebook Live later. Yeah, and honestly, the uh, the process of trying to because at first I wanted it to be the same thing, so there'd be a sort of a you know like a yeah, and but the how complicated it was obviously to record a live album, but then the complication to actually mic everything and run it to where there'll be good sound on the Facebook live and good video. It was like, I just don't know if we could have literally had the even computer power to do it all at once, you know? Right. So Tanner, how long have the comment, the comment, I'm about to make sure I'm pronouncing this correctly. I and mean, for some reason I can't get the Comancheros. Yeah, we we always just say common and then cheros. Right. So. so how long have you guys been around? Like, how did this band start? Uh, so me and Michael, the drummer, uh, got together about five years ago, and we started playing at uh, Nash Vegas together as just like hired. Uh, I was just playing guitar, and Michael was playing drums, and that. And then we started. Uh, I worked at Palin at the time, and then Michael started teaching drums there, so we were hanging out all the time. And I had the idea for this band where we would do like, I was like, I really, really want to figure out how we can like play country, play Willie Nelson, Waylon, but like Jews Priest and Motorhead too, you know? 
And it's like, it's a weird, you know, idea, but the, so I, and when I was, when I was, uh, younger, me and my dad's favorite Western to watch has always been, which it's still our favorite one to watch, but outlaw Josie Wales is what we always watch together. And the common chairs are, there's, they, they come up in all sorts of Westerns and they're a real historical thing. But my dad always said when I was younger, that if I ever had a country band, I should call it the common chairs. And when I was younger i was like i was a straight up metalhead kid and i was like i was like i'd rather die than fucking play country music <laughs> but but i but i'd always remember that conversation and so that was kind of like it I'm, i set up basically this uh bar date with me and michael and i'm like i got this idea for a band it's got to be this name it's got to do we got to do this stuff and but i can't tell you right now we got to go get half fucked up and then i'll tell you what it is <laughs> and and uh pat k was actually playing it it was at broadway brewery actually where we we're hanging out and Pat K was doing his one man band. And, uh, so I pitched it to him and Michael was, which me and Michael, like all the same stuff, you know? So he was just like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And so we decided we were going to do, uh, we wanted to do a EP together before we kind of started looking for, I guess, people to play with and, uh, gigs just so we would kind of have an idea what it's, what it should be, you know, just kind of a starting point. So Michael and I, I think we did five or six tunes on this first EP we did together. And we, we bought a SM57. It's all acoustic. Uh, we did it in my uncle's apartment. He didn't have rented out at the time. And uh, that's when we got John Green on board. And he was the other guitar player who's actually the bass player now. But John lived in Iowa. So he ended up not being able to keep doing it with his job and everything but in the past couple of years here he's actually moved to missouri and started kind of being our fifth hand and driving and selling merch and then when kyle Emgarden uh left the band john became the bassist but the so it was uh me michael and josh hickam for a long time as like a three-piece and then we started doing two drummers which i always really loved but it was like everybody who we worked with just hated it like just, I mean, every sound guy despised us. Every band despised us that we played with for trying to pull two drum kits in. But I loved it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. It sounds so fucking awesome, man. Whenever you got two drum kits, I when, whenever like, we played, yeah, we played and did that Almond Brothers thing with y'all. Yeah. We all yeah. did double drums for that gig, and yeah. it was awesome, you know. I think there was a guy also playing like percussion all night too. So it was like it, yeah. it, it, it's like it's almost. It's, it's very comparable to like playing guitar with somebody else in a weird way. You know, it's like there's it fills a lot of that space that I feel like you you've got when you have a three piece, you know, that you're kind of like can kind of make you feel a little insecure when there's these open spots. But the two drummers playing off each other was awesome. And that was uh, Josh Cochran playing drums most of the time. So we ditched that because everybody hated us for it. And uh, then Bradley Hutchison started playing guitar with us. And that was kind of like. That was the that was the first time I had a steady other guitar player. So Bradley's Bradley, I think actually uh, when we played Tulsa was the two year anniversary that Bradley had like officially joined the band. And then Kyle Emgarden played bass for about a year, and then John's been playing bass for probably I think he started in January. The uh, country fest at the uh, Blue Note I think was John's first gig. So he's about six months in now. John Deere Green. Whoop, whoop. 
<laughs> yeah. So about five years technically, you know, but I'd say like really, really hammering probably two or three, you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of think of like when Bradley joined the band was really when we started kind of slamming. On your Facebook page, it says you guys are sound as a combination of the outlaw Josie Wales and early ACDC. I see you wearing the ACDC t-shirt. Very yeah. fitting. Powerage is my favorite. Powerage is my favorite ACDC album. That's mine. That's my favorite. No, yeah. Nobody else is their favorite ever. Dude, yeah, what's so next to the moon? Yeah. yeah. God. <laughs> um, oh, I know, man. Give Me a Bullet is probably just the best song, period. Yeah. I agree. And I've also, like, I've always thought that was interesting that it was kind of one of my favorites because there's no guitar solo in it. And it's like the only ACDC song with no guitar solo. But the lyrics are so fucking good, man. Bob oh Scott's a genius. Yeah. I am in 100% agreement with you. Power Rage has always been my favorite. Yeah. I once read in an interview with Rich Robinson that he had said, you know, everybody's saying that, like, down tuning and like that and playing seven singer guitars is also heavy. And, but he said heavy to him is down payment blues off Power Rage. Damn right. It is. Dude, it is. It doesn't get so any good. heavier. Yeah. I mean, just this, the storytelling on that album is just amazing. Yep. So good. So, how does the Comancheros and Driving Wheel cross paths? I'd like to hear some of the, how, how early does, how far back does the, the Columbia music, the Columbia, Missouri music scene go back? I don't know who wants to talk first, but I'd love to hear all about it. Well, I mean, Ryan probably knows more about that than I would. The first time I, the first time our paths really crossed as Driving Wheel and Comancheros was uh, we played a, a tribute to Greg Allman at Rose Music Hall uh, about probably three or four years ago. And they, this yeah. is the time period when they had the two drummers and everything. And we actually had two drummers and a percussionist and a couple extra guitar players that night, too, because we were doing Allman Brothers songs. You know, it was yeah. all everybody was doing all sets of Allman Brothers songs. But Ryan's in Murphy's Ford and they had played shows with commentaries so like it's all kind of an incestuous thing like that like i knew of them but we hadn't played a gig together until then and so and and they've been hitting it driving wheel took a little break for a couple of years and now we're back so it's all just you know Mm -hmm. yeah the uh i think i think we played with murphy's ford first and then i i saw you guys several times i remember actually the first time i i don't remember if i got to meet you that night or if i just I might have said hi or something, but you guys were playing at the Blue Note. And I remember, so I remember you really, really well because I played guitar in a band with a guy in Minnesota who like looks identical to you. And I was like, <laughs> when I saw you, I was like, what the fuck is Dustin doing here? I mean, it was, it was so close. And, uh, you had, you had, you had really long hair at the time and you were wearing a, a white button up, if I remember, and like a black vest or like a leather vest. And I feel like you were playing a big Ampeg or something, but this was several years ago, obviously. But uh, I, I don't remember. I, I feel like you were. Oh, you know who I think it was? I think it was you were opening up for Kenny Wayne Shepherd, maybe. Correct. Does that sound right? Yes. And it was that that pouring down rain night. Everybody was soaking yeah. wet. Yeah. 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 Tornado warning. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that was the night I, if I didn't meet you, that was the first time I'd seen I'd seen you guys play. And, uh, but yeah, the first time we played together would have been the Greg Allman thing, which was an f- amazing night. Yeah, it came off so well. It was such a good time for sure. Yeah, really good. 
So, yeah, the future's wide open, though, now. We'll be able to play more together as soon as they lift all this COVID bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So yes. who else besides uh, uh, Don't Mind Dying, Who? what other bands off the top of your heads you know, fit into your guys' your, you know, circle of friends or camaraderie mm-hmm. of bands? They're in Columbia. Uh, so I, I love Many Color Death, which I think they were actually the first band I saw when I moved to Columbia. And uh, I've always been a big, like, 60s and 70s prog fan and stuff, too. So, like, I really like all their odd meter and everything. And I, I really like how they're – they kind of might make me think they, – they remind me a lot of Rush, not in the sense that I think they sound like Rush, but that they make, like, prog music uh, really listenable. You know, it's like it's it's not so much on the math side. It's more on the uh, kind of like oh, kind of like. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Like combining Soundgarden with Prague. And it's like I feel like it's a perfect, perfect mix. Yeah. Um, so who else? Um, we play we played a lot of shows with Alec Davis band before they kind of uh, went there. They all yeah. I think they've I think they've all moved to different places at this point. That was but, yeah, you know, we Springfield, didn't he? Uh, Nate moved to Springfield, Alec moved to Nashville, John White moved to Nashville for a while, and they, they're all kind of all over the place. But the I, uh, you know, we work at Palin Music, so they that obviously we were, you know, we did a ton of stuff together. Um, we did a bunch of shows with uh, Skylar Pringer back in the day when he was playing a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I really like a lot of the uh, the metal and punk bands we've played with in town too. Like we've played with shows of Gorbza and uh, Acid Leather. It's uh, it, it's I, I really like taking this band and putting them in a really heavy scenario too, like where we're definitely the uh, softies of the night, you know, as far as music goes. Um. I feel like there's, there's so many that I'm probably not thinking of right now because I haven't seen any of them in six months. Yeah, the whole scene's falling apart because of COVID. I know. It's like they just, you know, there's, it almost isn't one. It's weird, but. Uh, the, well, Brad, Bradley's band, Blue Jay, we've done some stuff with them, which is, right. I like everything. They're, they're a little more folky. Oh, uh, so uh, I I love Todd Day Wait. I don't know if you guys know him, but Todd Day Wait's awesome. I uh, I grew up like twenty minutes from him, up around Kirksville. So he was always one of my uh, like music idols when I was younger, who I knew, you know. And so we did uh, we did a show with them at Rose for the um, it was like it's like a every year thing they do, uh, Bokomo, the Bokomo Ramble thing, right. And uh, the, like, the, like the Missouri Monsters, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Missouri Monsters were playing, and Todd and us, and uh, there was a fourth band that day, but hell, that was probably two or three years ago now that we did that. All right, yeah, you know, is it just that Columbia is a college town that that it's so artistic or is it was it just a certain time and on our end (laughs) has nothing to do with it on our end we almost exist outside of the uh that whole college scene i think um you know it would be nice if i feel like it would be really nice if we could get them to be a part of it (laughs) because there's so many of them you know and and they spend money and buy stuff and drink beer so that's cool 
<laughs> but, but it's almost like, I mean, even if you get some of the college kids to come out and see and they become fans, in two or three years they graduate and they move on and you got an influx of whole new ones and it's like starting over on that. And so, like, it, it's town people, it's local people who live here. You know, there's, like, two separate yeah, ethics. Yeah. The, uh, about the only, I feel like, like playing Nash Vegas is about the only connection I've ever had to any of the college kids. And I, I, I think, uh, which and no fault to them. I think, you know, like, uh, music in their, in their environment to basically find a mate is not their fault that they don't really care about your music. You know, it's like, I mean, the, you're, you're basically playing DJ for them if they're, you know, they're. Background I, music. But it's like, I don't know, you know, it's like, that's their, you know, that's what they want to do. It's fine. But, uh, but yeah, you're totally right. It's like, you know, uh, the, the Columbia crowd is definitely, I feel like, and surrounding areas. I, I do think we've, we've collected a lot of people from like, uh, North Missouri, you know, like North of 70. And a lot of those towns up there that, uh, they'll make a trek for a cool event. Uh, you know, it's like in Missouri, it's like you get in your car driving six hours doesn't seem that bad. So an hour and a half is nothing. Nothing. Right. Where are you from up by Kirksville? Uh, I lived uh, like south out in the country, like south. Um, what have been southwest of Kirksville, I think. Gotcha. And uh, have you ever heard of the town uh, Yarrow? I have heard of it. Yeah, it's it was actually fun fact. One of the very first towns in uh uh, Missouri to have power because they had a mill, so they had electricity. But uh, there's maybe like 20 people there now. But I actually lived like a mile from that, and there was a there was a bar there that I could. It's just called the Yarrow Tavern, and now I think it's called the Sheraton or Fort Sheridan or something. But I'd get to go there when I was like a teenager and watch bands and stuff play, like cool, you know, fucking roadhouse bands. And it was like, you know, I'm over there just like trying to sneak. Sneak Bud Lights, like, fuck, this is cool. <laughs> so I'm looking on the Missouri map, and it does seem like uh, Columbia is, is it almost halfway between St. Louis and Casey on 70? Does that have anything to do with it? Or? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I it's, uh, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like people from St. Louis or Kansas City come here, really, you know, to see music, but. I do think it's awesome to be in Columbia to be able to be an hour and a half from both of them. You know, as you have the, it's a, I, I think Columbia is perfect for like St. Louis, Kansas City is an hour and a half to two hours. You know, you got uh, the lakes. Des Moines. Yeah, you got the lakes an hour away. Des Moines, Iowa City, all those Iowa ones are about two and a half, maybe three. Uh, we go to Burlington. Yeah, we go to, yeah, Omaha is what, like four, five, something like that? Four hours. Yeah, yeah. Tulsa six hours, Nashville six hours. Uh, you're it's a really nice little spider web that you're and to play a lot of stuff. You can hit Memphis pretty easily from here. Yeah, you know Springfield is two three hours. But I don't know, have you guys played Springfield very much? You ever had much luck there? A couple of times, but the it was not yeah like I yeah I don't know about much luck. I mean it just didn't seem like people were coming out to shows out there. I guess. What a weird city. You know, it's, it's uh, for being as big as it is. I think last time I looked, it was like 200,000 and Columbia is like 135 or something like that. And, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know if it's just the the demographic. It's really wide. You know, it's like I think it's a lot of uh, it's a very homebody type town. You know, it's a very like get a get a day job, have some kids, uh, you know, wait till you retired type town, you know. Right. Yeah, we yeah. played at a place called Nathan P. Murphy's and, um, you know, it's like supposedly known uh, known as like a blues and rock destination kind of venue. And even then, you know, it just, yeah, Springfield is just kind of, you know, kind of a dud as far as that goes. So we play at this place called uh, Southbound a lot. That's kind of a country one. And then we've, we've played some really cool shows there. But I've also played some shows there where we were opening for some like, you know, pretty, fairly, I mean, fairly renowned people like and, you know, maybe 20 folks were there, which, you know, I don't know the. There is a really, you know, uh, where Republic, Missouri is. If there, yeah, if there, if there were a suburb of Springfield, that would be it. If you can consider it one, but there's this, uh, there's this really badass bar we play at called Just One More, that is in a trailer park down there, and that place is fucking wild. <laughs> Hell yeah! I mean, I'm talking like golf carts just pulling out of the driveway to the bar. You know, it's awesome. It was really cool. Well, I don't know if it's because of the COVID situation or whatnot, but I, there's actually a friend of mine who's coming into town this weekend for the show, uh, Mighty Pines at Rose. But you know, uh-huh. extenuating circumstances. You know, you gotta if you gotta travel to see live music right now. That's what you're gonna do. Yeah, yeah. So. definitely, man. Yeah, I uh, I am really, really missing it. Like I've been fortunate enough to get to play some shows since everything kind of opened up, but like seeing, I mean, I love playing shows obviously, but I really also love being at shows and I haven't got to go to very many. I mean, back, you know, back in the day, if I wasn't playing, I would try to find somebody to see. Right. Be it whatever day of the week, doesn't matter. I suppose the why of that's that Columbia is such a fertile place for music isn't necessarily as important as the fact just that it is, you know, like I, I guess for years I've I guess what you can say like researched or went on Google like all sort of different cities trying to find social media pages or internet pages for music scenes and I think yeah like I, Tulsa has a decent like uh like internet scene or internet yeah. page for bands Cincinnati yeah. that might be Northern Kentucky too and then Charlotte but like uh, then when I started hearing about Columbia and as even before I even started ever talking to Jeremy and just seeing wow there's like two three four but you know this wow columbia missouri well it's just it's just really cool man it's i think that's awesome for you guys i mean i'll tell you what man if i was going to travel anywhere i mean besides the fact that i think uh north north mississippi hill country and the muscle shoals area in alabama those are my two meccas the next place i would go to check stuff out would be columbia above anywhere else oh like i said i'll fire up the smoker when you get here (laughs) we some good food and we uh you know Tanner Jeremy says that uh, St. Louis is not in on the discussion of barbecue compared to KC. It's not. It's just not. <laughs> it's just not. One hundred percent. But yeah. Tanner, no, too. Uh, we uh, we actually went out to uh, to Buckshot uh, the other day. Oh, cool. I yeah. Have, had to pull pork quesadilla. So you oh, know, yeah, dude. yeah. Tanner knows about that. It's good stuff. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. We uh we played a uh, their parking lot party here uh, last year, and the stage they'd rented was like a trampoline. It was awesome. 
Nice. It was cool. It was a great time. Love that. It was, yeah, it was, uh, I haven't hit my teeth that many times on a microphone as I did that day, but I, uh, it was a great time. It was awesome. Hell yeah. Good stuff. So Tanner, besides, uh, like the area bands, like who else do you look up to as far as your contemporaries bands that have been around, you know, the same amount as you or in other, other cities that, you know, maybe well, more known, more, uh, more well-known bands or whatever, who, who yeah. would you be looking up to? Uh, so the, uh, so I, I really, uh, as far so I, I guess let me back up a little bit. So our, uh, one of our, I feel like our first big sort of, if there was something that opened a door for us to get a lot more, uh, shows and audiences, we got to play the, the tumbleweed country festival out in, uh, Kansas the past couple of years, which was a really big deal for us. We got to, we opened for, uh, Randy Rogers in Columbia and basically that like, immediately got us on that first festival and that was like the day after that was we were a different in a different field than we were before which was really really amazing and very thankful for it and uh so the uh i feel we kind of as far as the path that we're following for people who cut it uh um the whiskey myers guys are doing a really good job of um making like a a really popular country music but they're also like they you know this last year they toured with the rolling stones you know so they're they're really uh um opening i feel like a lot of windows for a sort of like country marketing with uh a lot of rock and roll to it and uh the steelwoods are a big one and they're they're definitely more on the southern side uh the singer west looks just like uh hank jr which is pretty badass. Uh, they're really, really cool. Uh, we got, to, we actually parked our bus next to theirs at that uh, first or second tumbleweed. So we know those guys pretty well. And we've played with them out in Wichita and we were trying to set up a bunch of, you know, dates before, obviously before COVID came and destroyed 2020, but uh, those guys are really cool. Um, I personally, one of my like modern country guys that I really love and he plays with uh he's kind of uh, affiliated with like the Cody Jinx tree of country where you have like Jamie Johnson uh, sort of a, like about a decade ago, sort of set out this kind of path for like the guys like Cody Jinx, Waddy Morgan, uh, Coulter Walls in there now, uh, Ward Davis, a lot of those dudes. And, uh, but Paul Cawthon is one of my all time favorites. And I believe his uh, album, my gospel is one of the best albums ever. Um. As far as bands that I'm really looking forward to play with that I've learned of in the past couple of years that are uh, either the same age as our band or uh, younger is uh, 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 Georgia Thunderbolts are a new one that are kind of coming out of Georgia. They're really cool. And we're trying to set some shows up with them since we've been able to play down there. Um, uh, them Dirty Roses, which we've been friends with them for a while, but we've never actually they're a little more. They look more rock and roll, but they're a little more, uh, who would I compare them to? They're a little more country than they are Southern, whereas like the Georgia Thunderbolts are a little more Southern. And then the, uh, the uh, South of Eden and Georgia Thunderbolts are a uh, Georgia-based band. Them Dirty Roses are around Nashville and South of Eden are an Ohio band. And they're a little more on the sort of, uh, there's, there's, there's more Sabbath in them than than the other two but those are three i'm really looking forward to playing with when we can play again in the around our area 
And God bless Sabbath, by the way. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. You don't have a little Sabbath. I mean, it's like like Tony Iommi and Jimmy Page just took all the riffs and they didn't leave any for anybody else. Hey, but you know, Geezer Butler is one of my biggest influences on bass, man. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, love dude, the way he's- he works. You know, it's awesome that you mentioned Georgia Thunderbolts and Whiskey Myers, you know, bands that I admire a lot, you know, and trying to chase those guys down to be on here, too. So, you know, cool. it's yeah. awesome for you to mention them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. A, they've been putting out some really killer music videos. And I, I've been Facebook friends. The Georgia Thunderbolts are the, probably the ones we know the least uh, personally. But uh, I've been friends with them for a while. So I'm excited to really hoping to get I would love to play with. Them Dirty Roses and Georgia Thunderbolts and us the same night. That'd be really cool. But we'll see. Hell yes. I'd go, <laughs> that show. I'd go to that show in a heartbeat, Tanner. That'd be good, good fucking times right there. I don't know if I could stay sober. I'd be so excited. I'd be <laughs> fucked up. Hopefully I get to play first so I don't have to. <laughs> I've played exactly two, so, two shows sober in my life. So... <laughs> And it, they were the last two that I played, you know, notwithstanding. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. extenuating I've, circumstances again. I've been working on it because I feel like there for a long time I wasn't playing any of them sober. And I noticed I played one sort of sober and I was like, that was too weird. So I knew I needed to kind of <laughs> work on that. But. There's a happy medium there, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really like, you know, you, you can be loose and, and feeling it and vibing on it. Uh, but you know, um, there've been times when I might may, especially early on in driving wheel, uh, I probably pushed it a little too hard, got, you know, way too fucked up. I don't like when I can't remember what songs we played, you know, where I'm like, where I'm like, Oh, we didn't play that song. And like, Oh, we played that song. And I'm like, Oh, fuck. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, it's not a good thing. Or I think I played my ass off, and then you listen back to the recording, and you're like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I was killing it. Mm-hmm. Or I, I always forget about how I, I fell over and ate ass or something, you know, or like, like, do you remember that thing you said to her? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> no, I don't what I say. Hey. The yep. occupational hazards of rock and roll. That's true. I wouldn't change anything about it. I wouldn't do anything <laughs> different, but... I understand that it'd be nice to be a little more cognitive, you know? Well, Tanner, I'm looking forward to anything that you and your band got coming up, man. Like you said, the thing that's on the September 3rd and anything else, man, anything I can do to support you guys. Awesome. And man. the Thank Columbia you. music scene and you, Jeremy and driving wheel and that whole scene, man. It's just like, it just knocks me out. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot sure going on. Can, here. It's really cool. I'm sure once we can get more than 150 people in the place, we'll, uh, We'll do a driving wheel coming Chero show and, and uh, fucking uh, blow yeah. that place up. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. I would love that. Hell yeah. All right, gentlemen, any closing thoughts before we uh, wrap this up? God bless Sabbath. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Listen hell to yeah. Powerage and coming Cheros. Yeah. yeah, Powerage, best ACDC album. All right, Tanner. Well, thanks for being on, man. I really appreciate that. I love your music, and I'll look forward to the next time we get to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Or having All right, me man. Dude. <laughs> All right. Hell yeah, brother. See you next say. time. Yes, See you. Well, you know, I couldn't stop laughing when we were talking to Tanner. What a conversation and uh, what the adventures. Uh, those guys, uh, 
embark upon it, you'd know more about being being in that area. Oh yeah, well, I mean, it's like you know we 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 touched on that too. Columbia is kind of its own place, man. It's its own place in the middle of Missouri. Like the we've got Missouri, and Missouri's awesome, but Columbia is just it's an outlier, and in you know it's it's a very small city that tries to be a big city and it's got all the amenities of a big city, but you know, you go five, 10 minutes in any direction and you're in literally you're in God's country. Some of the best fishing, some of the best wooded areas, the best hunting, the best camping, uh, the best natural beauty and natural resources. Um, and you know, that kind of, it, it breeds its own thing, man. Uh, and, and Tanner and the Comancheros kind of embody that, you know, they really, they really do. And, uh, I, I think they're, they're a great band and they're great guys. So, you know, look forward to seeing them. Uh, I'm going to go see them here probably in, a, I think it's a week from now. And we're trying to maybe get a show set up, like I said, with, um, with Ben Lewis from Bishop Gunn and us and the Comancheros at Rose at the end of the month, at the end of the month of October, hopefully around Halloween would be ideal so you know fingers crossed that that's you know the stars align and everybody's everything could work out to where we can actually do that so be a treat and if miracles do align i'd love to be at that show let me tell you can't make any promises but gotta get some of that uh casey barbecue yeah we'll fire up the smoker man i'll make you some of the i'll make you some of jeremy's back porch barbecue (laughs) (laughs) all right well, thank you everybody once again for joining us for another episode, the fifth episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. Thank you for listening to our conversations with Chris Kelly from Tennessee Champagne and with Tanner Jones from the Comancheros. Any closing thoughts, Jeremy? Oh, man. Um, I'm about thought out, and this has been one hell of a week. Um, it's been nonstop between... Uh, you know, everything, getting ready for school and, you know, um, trying to get everything together, uh, just trying to get my life together, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, uh, everybody be safe, be good to each other. Um, you know, it's weird times we're in right now, but, uh, it doesn't mean that we have to be weird. We can still be good to each other and, uh, just still be, and, uh, We've uh, we talked to a couple of those, today, you know, on, on today's show, and um, you know, just keep keep listening to music, man. Don't don't pay attention to the TV, and don't listen to uh, you know the news on the on the radio or the media or anything like that. You know, listen to music, listen to podcasts about music. Um, so much so much better for you. Shun the TV. TV is bad. Play music. And always remember, Southern Rock is reverent and blues is blood. We'll see you next time. When the world stops making sense And you don't feel much at home You just head across that old mill bridge and ride on up the road. Now I've got a secret that nobody knows. A little one-way ticket to where them corn 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 